Hello. This is also a first for us. We have five people joining us um, in our new studio because when we were over across the way, we did have the pastor's wives in there. Yeah. Um, so we do have five today here in your office and works a little better, a little more round table feeling as opposed to the uh, square table we had when we were in there. Oh, I enjoyed craning my neck to <laughs> look at Dave, but it was awkward when Dave sat right next to me, you know. <laughs> Play footsies and stuff. It got a little bit uncomfortable after a while. But, you I know, noticed you were losing your train of thought. <laughs> but, uh, but we're, we're moving past that. Deal. We're moving on. Uh, we also have Dave Shive. Obviously, Dave, say hello. Hello. Um, it's been a while since we've had you on with yeah. us, Dave. It was About back two in, months. Yeah, yeah, back in June for the uh, Calvinist, uh, Reformed, Arminian non-Arminian, whatever yes. Dave wants to call himself. I kind of was calling it reform non You make it tough, Dave, because I, I understand yeah. your point. You can't say Arminian uh-huh. because classically that would be, I always think of it as kind of free will on the front end, free will on the back mm-hmm. end. Uh, and on the back end, I know you're a big guy, and I've heard you teach that very, very well on the security of the believer and all that. So Dave's kind of a, no, just stop being an independent biblical thinker. Just take a category and uh, stop thinking we critically. We could call it Dave Shive versus Heresy. Yes, yes, I think that <laughs> yeah, was good. Yeah. I mean, every week it's basically CFC versus Heresy coming from the pulpit. But right. that's, you know, I'm trying to be a little less heretical these okay. days. But, um, a little less. And, and Dave, you were telling us before we started today that um, you, know, you, you were kind of in a funk after that. You had just gotten back from a missions trip and you were in Vietnam. Yeah. You were in uh, Vietnam, and you were saying that it was just, wow, a couple of days after that yeah. podcast were really tough yeah. on you, and it was hard to sort of get back in the groove. And mm-hmm. I'd asked you then, I want to ask you with our audience, mm-hmm. was it going up against my intellectual <laughs> skill set? No, that, that was the easy part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> made but, it so tough. But you know, I don't know if you've done anything on a podcast on uh, stress in the ministry, but that was really stress-related yeah. for me, and I didn't realize it till afterwards. So it'd be a good conversation in that, the future. That would note to self. Mm-hmm. That's a great conversation. We've yeah. done uh, anxiety, depression, uh, depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we had, of course, Zach Eswine uh, and mm-hmm. his excellent book, Spurgeon Sorrows. And um, who else did we talk about that with? Uh, I think Matt Smith, we've talked about it. Yeah. That's natural because Matt makes me depressed being <laughs> in his presence. And then we had um, Joe Thorne. Joe Thorne. Joe Thorne. About who, anxiety. Uh, uh, wrote a book recently with Crossway called Experiencing the Trinity. And he um, is so open at the beginning of the book mm-hmm. about his own battle with anxiety. And that led us, can a pastor take anxiety meds and that sort of yeah. thing? So it was, it was good. But I like that topic, Dave. Mm-hmm. We'll have to hit that. Absolutely. Um, and we also have uh, Joe and Tammy Thomas joining us today. Dave, I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce them because they are uh, near and dear to your heart. So, sure. but, but we have to hear them say hello. Yes, we do. Stand Hi, I'm today. Joe. Hi, I'm Tammy. There they are. Tammy is my little sister. She was born my freshman year of college, and uh, she's a twin. She has a twin brother, Tim, and uh, Joe was raised in the South, and uh, they now have been living in Germany for eight years. Uh, September will be nine, yeah. Almost nine years. Um, Wow, that's awesome. Joe, I was saying earlier, dude, I love... Your voice, man. I've got I've got a great voice. I have, yeah. a, I have a Batman voice. So. It is. It's the raspy yeah. voice. I asked them earlier if they've watched Breaking Bad. They haven't. But anybody that knows Breaking Bad, because we talk about that here pretty regularly, Badger, yep. listen to that voice, and, and I love it. It's that cool kind of raspy voice that... You know, you you can't work that, Dave. Sorry. No, no. But I don't have allergies either. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's true. 
And Tammy, I will say, and I don't want to embarrass you, obviously you're younger than Dave, but I'd say you look like 40 years younger than Dave. Oh, Dave, does that in any way offend you? <laughs> Poor Dave. <Yeah. laughs> don't pick on my big brother. <laughs> Stay here, but, uh, well, I think she is 40 years younger. She's 50. and <laughs> Yeah, right, Dave. Yeah, you're about to hit the big 9-0 oh, yeah, coming up yeah, soon. Yeah. And, uh, I'm well-preserved, though. Yes, but no, I remember you preaching a sermon at Stillmeadow one time, Dave, our, our, the church we uh, both pastored in together years ago. And uh, you had mentioned uh, that it was your freshman year of college that Tammy and Tim were born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Dave, I'm assuming Tammy was more of a, was he, was he like an uncle to you, your memories as a child? We never lived under the same roof, so. Oh, yeah. yeah of course. A, yeah, he was like the big older brother who came for vacation at our house. Yeah, yeah. and like yeah. ate all the food. I don't and... remember that. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Dave. I can't get her to, yeah. to go yeah. after you. Yeah. I'll get Joe to do yeah. that. Uh, well, yeah. she's got to live in our house for uh, several more days. have to be good days, now. So. Right. Yes, yes. That's, uh, that's neat. I think of that because I have a... Uh, my youngest is six. We were talking, but you know, before we did the podcast today, and Samantha, my oldest, is sixteen. So I think in Ella's world, she's going to almost be like an aunt when she thinks back on mm-hmm. her, um, which is, I think, a kind of a cool relationship to mm-hmm. have a mm-hmm. junior adult in your life as a brother or sister. So, yeah. so you see how I'm trying to transition family, there you go, Nathan, and all this stuff for the first part. Way to go! Yeah, and uh, now you just blatantly. Give it out. I, I am. I, I'm a professional <laughs> podcaster. So. Um, so we actually want to talk a little bit um, with you, Dave, today about um, family, essentially, um, and the biblical mandate to go out and um, subdue the earth and, you know, take over it and, you know, increase, multiply. Um, there are a lot of Christians out there who think we are fighting a battle and that it's going to be won by procreating. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I, I've heard this recently and, and I've heard it often that, well, the Muslims are just going to take over by having more kids. So as Christians, we can basically do the same thing and take over and have more kids. And there are a lot of people who are against, um, birth control. Um, and they think, you know, you just need to have as many children as possible and raise them up in the Lord. And then the world's going to be good and safe. And we just want to talk about that a little bit today get your thoughts, um, see if we can get you and Greg going back and forth a little bit, a little more visceral than, uh, than the cordial podcast we had with, uh, yes. reformed and non-reformed. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some complaints about that, but that's yeah. okay. Well, I would say people like Greg should not be allowed to have children. Right. You know, that's right. my position. You're not the only one that says that. You know, I, I think I've heard my children say that sometimes. It's kind of a strange indictment. Um, but yeah, so we might not get our ire up talking about Calvinism, but when we talk about birth control, <laughs> and you know, it's worth fighting over. Yeah, because we we were emailing back and forth yesterday a little bit, or or texting, and I think um, please don't tell people what we said. Yeah, no, no, yeah, those those texts cannot be shared ever. But we, uh, of course, you know, talking about that topic in certain passages, uh, I would say a little preview here. I think we can do another podcast, Dave. That passage on Onan and mm-hmm. yeah, in in Genesis is a intriguing passage. It comes up sometimes, but you know, with your sister here, we're not going to talk about no, that passage no, today. No, no. Uh, and I, she looks, Tammy, you look greatly <laughs> relieved. Right? Yes. <laughs> she, she went thing. pale for a minute there. <laughs> like, I'm in a room with four men. One of those is my husband. That's cool. One's my brother, and two are basically strangers. Um, but yeah, it does certainly tie in. I'll ask Dave to piggyback on Nathan's lead in. Um, I've heard that from time to time. Have, have you heard that sentiment that sort of an evangelism by procreation yeah. argument? Yeah, I've heard that. Uh, not a lot. Yeah. 
Um, but I've heard it, and I think it's a really lousy reason to have kids. Right, I think right. it's just uh, uh, to think we just got to have more kids so we can have more people than the Muslims. You know, right. is borders on absurdity yeah. to me. Uh, my question would be, what if we were actually raising our kids to love Jesus Christ with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love their neighbor as themselves? What if we were raising kids with a red-hot passion for God? If we had less kids, but we had kids that were really on fire for the Lord, what, right. w- would that not be a better mission strategy? Right, yeah. right. Yeah, and I think the one sort of assumes that I mean, we know you're not a Christian by birth, but by new birth. So uh, by having 12 or 15 Mm -hmm. kids, and and I'm not trying to, well, we will get into that a little bit, but I want to do it orderly. Um, That just doesn't guarantee that your kids will have a vibrant walk with the Lord and and want to be serving Mm -hmm. him. Look at the demographics and statistics on Christian kids leaving the church, leaving the faith, losing their faith. I mean, there's no guarantee that having lots of kids is going to change anything in terms of the landscape of world missions right well i'll throw this out i had a friend years ago who was very much uh sort of a an anti birth control guy and he's uh, you know he's upfront about it um and has had a large family and uh you know i would say i can certainly respect that conviction and i understand it he was um uh, he was a pretty strong advocate for his position as something that should be adopted universally by all christians one of the things he said is he had a Catholic friend years ago who said, yeah, you Protestants trust God. It's all about faith with you. You trust God with everything except the number of kids you're going to have. So that was an argument he was using sort of in favor, which naturally puts you on your heels and say, says, okay, and we're going to keep this conversation very above board. Mm-hmm. But the concept of um, parents limiting the number of children they would have mm-hmm. is found by some Christians to be maybe even sinful, if not uh, deficient mm-hmm. in their thinking. Curious to get yeah. your thoughts on it. And lay out on the cards. You, I, know, I know how many kids you've had, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you have three. I have four. Um, so you're a better Christian than me. I, I think I'm one better. <laughs> I, I think I've got a little bit more of God's anointing yeah. because of you. But uh, you know, my wife's cousin has five, so she's got a little more anointing. Yeah. And I got 11 grandchildren. Does that count for anything? No, no, not for you, Dave. That only counts for your immediate offspring. So, oh, okay. um, just, just your thoughts on that subject. Well, I think that as uh, absurd as it is to say we should have more kids so we can outnumber Muslims, it's as absurd to say that the Bible speaks clearly on the issue of birth control. Mm-hmm. I don't think it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it speaks clearly on the attitude that we should have towards children and that's what concerns me. Yeah. Having more kids to uh, outnumber Muslims speaks of a low, val- low view of children, in my opinion. Right. As much as saying, like, for instance, I have a friend who got married a few years ago. He had a vasectomy before he got married. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And uh, didn't ask my opinion. I didn't offer one. Never said a thing to him about it. Uh, but I was, you know. I was taken aback by that, to say the least. Yeah. And I thought, what attitude does that have towards children? Yeah. Now, somebody listening may say, well, wait a minute, I did that, and, you know, whatever, we prayed about it. I don't know what people would say. But to me, that's an upfront assumption about what it means for people who've not had any children yet. They've never been parents, and they've already made a decision that they want no children. I had a 
professor in seminary who said he would not perform a marriage if the couple said they planned on not having children. Really? Very godly man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, held him in high esteem. I wasn't sure what I felt about that. I kind of think it was a good policy, but I, you know, I've never been confronted with making a decision like that. Right, right. Well, I guess I would say I've never been, and I'm not, I'm, I'm sort of thinking in the moment, which is always scary about podcasting, but I would not be inclined in my pre-marriage counseling. I don't think I've ever even asked. Them. Right. Well, I mean, we've talked about yeah. children and uh-huh. uh, obviously, you know, the, 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 the radical uh, upsetting nature that uh, having a child mm-hmm. coming into your life and turning it upside down will bring. But uh, which I guess assumes a willingness to have children. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably rare. Yeah. Um, interesting, Dave. Yeah, I've, I've never never heard that yeah. um but there is i mean some people I'll, I'll i'll play devil's advocate here will say well that children are a blessing from the lord uh blessed is the man whose what quiver is mm-hmm. full and have you ever been to those conferences or read those books i have where people talk about how many arrows go in a quiver mm-hmm. and you know how how many yeah. you should have and i've <laughs> i've had some people uh, that i've heard that have several children say, well you're not even a parent until you have at least six children yeah. and uh i thought I, I thought you were a parent if you had one <laughs> um but, that's with you know, a lowercase p. That's right. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's sort of the uh, what people do with their theological labels. Well, right. he's not really reformed, or he's yeah. not really Baptist because yeah. of this distinctive. But your, um, I'm just trying to think. When people do say that, okay, birth control, any form of it, mm-hmm. many people will say is an upfront closing your fist at God's mm-hmm. will to bless you and saying, I do not want this blessing. Mm-hmm. This is what I've had people put. To me, and you would say, notice Nathan, I'm keeping him on the spot, <laughs> not asking myself any hard questions. Well, it's not a perfect analogy in my mind, but I would ask, how many other areas of life do we say that we uh, go for it 100% and let God have complete control? Mm. Uh, I'm driving down the road. Maybe I'll, you know, I trust God. I can close my eyes for five minutes mm-hmm. and pray. Yeah, and yeah. pray <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we walk by faith, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't eat all, f- all food that comes my way. Yeah. You know, f- and, and the Bible says he's given us all things to enjoy. Mm-hmm. But I make decisions on lots of things in life. And uh, I don't want to reduce having kids to the level of food or how I drive my car. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think there's a principle there, which is that God has given us the ability to prayerfully make decisions. I'm much more concerned not with that decision, but what the attitude is towards children. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of what is driving the small family uh, approach is as wrong as what is uh, often driving the large family approach. Hmm, interesting. I think both are extremes and both have uh, some flawed thinking. Sure, sure. Yeah, because I heard a uh, another man years ago be critical of James Dobson because he only had two children, mm-hmm. which again is how how could he ever comment on parenting with two children, which yeah. seems strange to me. Yeah. But he has children, and one of them, I believe, is adopted, isn't he? I thought one of his sons was adopted. I don't think so. I don't know. Um, Could be. But I just thought that was a a strange um, response. I'm more concerned with the cultural phenomena um, that there are some Christians that I don't even know they've ever thought about it. They just have it in their mind, sort of like things we've talked about before, Nathan. Mm -hmm. Uh, A Christian votes Republican automatically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. a Christian um, has a large family automatically. Mm-hmm. Um, a Christian drives a minivan automatically. A Christian mm-hmm. goes to Chick-fil-A automatically. Yeah. You know, there's some subcultural yeah. things that get tied in, and that that's a concern to mm-hmm. me. There are people I've talked to 
that um, maybe they've had two or three children and there's health issues, um, maybe with the husband or the wife. Mm -hmm. In some cases, one of the children has special needs. Mm -hmm. And it concerns me that people would say a prayerful decision. And I, most mm -hmm. Christians that I talk to, by the way, I should say, that practice some form of, of birth control, I think the attitude if their plans get interrupted is very revealing. Mm -hmm. You know, if they say, no, no, I took matters into my own hands mm -hmm. and God can't do this. Yeah. They say it, they might not say it like <laughs> that. That's a problem. But I know some families that say, well, for various reasons, we feel that we're going to stop, we're going to limit our family to this number, mm -hmm. and then God brings a surprise, mm -hmm. I would think the proper response is joy. Yeah. Well, look what the Lord is doing. Mm -hmm. Wasn't in our plan. Um, so I think your point about prayerful decisions. Aren't you a big fan, Dave, of uh, Thiessen's book? Friesen. Uh, Friesen. Yeah. Is that decision-making mm -hmm. in the will of God? Yeah. I'm mm -hmm. thinking of Terrence Thiessen. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, Friesen. Gary Friesen. Book. Gary Friesen. And, uh, isn't that his basic premise? Yeah, his premise is uh, God has given us his word, which is his wisdom to us. Fill yourself with the word of God and let the, that wisdom fill you and then go ahead and make decisions. Yeah. And it's almost like you know, what Augustine was attributed to have said, uh, love God and do as you please. Yeah. You know, if you really mm -hmm. understand the, the premise, then the action is perfectly safe. Yeah. I can do whatever I please if I'm loving God with all my heart. And the same is true, I think, with decisions about children. Yeah. That's my concern is we've got parents that are more influenced by culture, right? by words, uh, views they're hearing in, in the media or wherever they may be picking up on things, who are making decisions that are not nuanced by the wisdom of the Word of God. Right. Right. Yeah, excellent article I read today by Trevin Wax. He's going to come on uh, in that spirit about a concern with people – number of Christians that are totally mm -hmm. into Donald Trump. Will he wax eloquent, do you think? Yeah. Oh, oh, was that oh, good or what? That was just bad. <laughs> so bad I liked it. Um, yeah, he waxed eloquent on that and was making the same point, that you jump on a bandwagon. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm saying. I, uh, it's tricky, and, and I don't mm -hmm. know if I'm being an anti-legalist, which mm -hmm. makes you a legalist, but I, <clears throat> I know of some friends of mine that, that go to churches where it seems like everybody has a large family. And if you don't have a large family, mm -hmm. you're sort of considered maybe second class, yeah. you know, that you have to have at least four or five to sort of be considered a legit. And that mm -hmm. just seems so strange yeah. to me. Yeah. And it's concerning that there can almost be a cultic mindset. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I'm, so I'm concerned about the, uh, more, not that people have large families, but their rationale for doing that. And their uh, the attitude that they project in yeah. having large families. I'm concerned about small families. Sometimes people make the argument: uh, the world is getting crowded. The uh, you know the economy is bad. <clears throat> uh, international affairs is awful. You know what, why do we? If we have less kids, we may eliminate problems. That kind of thing. And the reality is that with declining world populations in the Western world alone, mm -hmm. uh, we're creating new economic problems. Mm -hmm. um, Germany has the lowest birth rate in mm -hmm. uh, Western and maybe in the Western world, if I'm not mistaken, not, oh. not including Latin America. Interesting. <clears throat> so they got a robust economy, but the implications for, an, uh, I think it's negative 0.2% 
population growth in Germany, hmm. the implications for that are staggering in the long run. Sure. And a lot of countries are now starting to pay the price for that. Yeah. Uh, you don't have older people then, or uh, you don't have uh, workers. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the older generation is still living, and you got less people to provide and do the work that's necessary to keep others going. The economies uh, fail, so there, there are a lot of implications there. And so it's a bad uh, argument, I think, to simply say it will be a better world in t- terms of the total landscape of international affairs if we have less children. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And um, just to wrap it up, you know, Greg, you and I have talked about this. Joy and I have decided not to have children because she has a medical condition. And so the medicine she has to take affects her body such that now, obviously, it's difficult to do human trials and studies, but animal studies, it has severely affected the offspring Mm -hmm. of those animals. And so for her and I, you know, we decided a long time ago, it would be one thing if we knew we were both healthy and we had a child that wasn't. And we were to take care of that child and love that child. It would be something completely different. Always wondering, are we the ones that did this mm-hmm. to this child? Yeah. Um, so for her and I, it just became a matter of, you know, looking at it and saying, we don't want to, we don't want that to be a possibility because we don't know. We have enough knowledge at, at our disposal um, through the physicians and the doctors to know that this is a very real possibility. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to take that risk, you know, and then the flip side is, you know, people always come up and, well, have you thought about adoption? Yeah, we've thought about it. And then we look at how much it costs to feasibly adopt Mm -hmm. a child, even in states. And we don't have that kind of money, Mm -hmm. you know? And so to me, it's not just a simple answer. Like you were saying, Dave, of, you know, oh, you either have children, you don't have children. You have to think about these things and pray about them and see where God's leading and directing but I think to your point too, Dave, that um, both Joy and I love children. We love taking care of children. Joy, you know, works consistently in the nursery. I take care mm-hmm. of a little guy um, as a babysitter once a week, and you know, so we do have a passion for children and to see children grow up in the Lord. But realizing that this is not God's plan for us to have children, mm-hmm. um, so we're going to go ahead. Uh, we're going to shift. Um, topics right now. We want to talk to Joe and Tammy. Um, Joe and Tammy, welcome once again. Thank you. Um, uh, missionaries to Germany. Guys, tell us a little bit um, as we're kind of tracking with this whole family theme, what made you decide to uproot your family um, and move them to Germany? You're in uh, North Carolina. You have the comforts of home. You all speak the same language. Your kids are established in school, friends, and, and you guys just decide to move to Germany. So talk to us a little bit about that from that family perspective. Yeah. Uh, first thing, the background of it is that um, I, we had had a call since the real clear call from the Lord for years, even before we had children, that we were supposed to go and do kind of a pioneering work somewhere in the world. We didn't know at the time where. In that process, uh, you have to think and consider, you know, we're going to have kids. How is that going to work? Move into a foreign culture. You know, I grew up, I, I was in college and other times growing up, I would see missionary kids come back that were just such an ill fit in the American culture. Mm-hmm. And they were like poor kids, you know, and I'm like, I don't want my kids to end up being like that if they ever come back to America. Um <clears throat> You know, to simplify, ultimately, it boils down to 
knowing God has called us and trusting and knowing that if God's called us there, there's going to be a way. Mm -hmm. And we have to move forward, trusting that God will show us as we go what we need to do. And, you know, you have to, uh, you have to face down fear and trust God and go do it. And God has just done incredible things with our family and our kids um, all the way around. And we have faced some pretty daunting things. Our kids have faced incredibly daunting things. Our kids were homeschooled mm-hmm. and uh, we moved to Germany. They were five, seven, ten, ten and thir- almost 14. Wow. And uh, they had been homeschooled the whole time, and they all went directly into German public school, not speaking German, mm. which is kind of incredible. We knew the Lord said the, what we felt was we needed to be as German as we could be. Mm. We didn't want to hold our kids out of German schools and always be the mis- you know the missionary American family who's really not German, and they're kind of here. We mm. wanted to be German. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And our kids went right in, and the grace of God was palpable unbelievable wow um our kids learned german so fast did so well faced difficult things sometimes our son faced bullies Mm. but it made a man out of him and uh, we prayed with him through the whole time and um you know our our next youngest daughter started in school october the 15th we they didn't know german i mean they knew a few words we moved in september they started october 15th and I was in the middle of the night, um, I can say she was seven at the time, in her in the middle of the night in her bedroom, just making sure she was covered up and all, and she was dreaming out loud in German. Wow. wow. You know, not even yeah. two months after she started to school. So Wow. God did incredible things for us. Isn't that when they say, um, I've always said that you really know when you're, a language is, is becoming real, that when, when you, you think dream. and dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. That's incredible. Two months. Yeah, not even. Well, we were in Germany more than two months, but yeah. really she didn't have a whole lot of exposure to German until she started school. Wow. Uh, Tammy, from your uh, mother's viewpoint, did, um, did did any of your kids talk to you about, oh, I don't want to go to Germany, I'm scared, or what was their attitude? No, we'd been preparing for about three years ahead because, of course, support and closing things down in the States and all of those things took time. It was always, they always seemed to have a team mentality. We're doing this. And there was never, even with our daughter, she was so brave. The one who um, was almost 14 when we moved, she, it was the toughest on her at the time, but she had a great attitude and she just seemed willing that this is what we're doing and it's a call that God's given us to go. And yeah, that's just awesome. And like Joe said, I have never experienced anything where there was so much tangible grace every day for the first 18 months up to two years, every day feeling it. Wow. Uh, And I think that's what our kids were experiencing as well. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And they, um, do, do they think of themselves now? As yeah, we're we're Germans. I mean, that's no. I don't think any thinks that. Okay. Although the younger two, especially because of their young ages, yeah. they sound like Germans. They, wow. Yeah. Which yeah. is a great accomplishment. Yeah. yeah. It's very difficult to 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 get past American accent and really sound like German. 
Wow. Very difficult. Yeah, because you know what I think of? I think of people that I hear, I won't even try it, that do poor imitations. Mm-hmm. You know, they're imitating a scene from a movie <laughs> yeah. or something. And you think, yeah, German seems one of those languages. You sound really terrible if you're trying to fake it. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I mean, uh, talk to us about, because um, we began with family, which I think was a good transition, uh, about your mission, who you're with, just the scope of what your ministry is there, e- either of you. Yeah. Um, our our uh, sending situation is a little different than what's most common, I would think. We're, we are sent by a church. Mm-hmm. Our church is a medium-sized, medium-small church in the south, um, charismatic kind of a church. Mm-hmm. Uh, not an independent, spirited church, but not in a denomination. Mm-hmm. We're sent by that church with um, substantial support. I was a pastor in the church, and um, other uh, couple other churches and other individuals support us. Um, and that's how we went. Um, uh, you mean to talk more about our ministry there? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, going there, we, I had, we had really clear direction from the Lord, uh, not to do a traditional church planning approach. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like the Lord really clearly said, do not go there and try to start a service and try to open up a church. Yeah. Do not do that. Start with evangelism and build toward a s- small group and ultimately to building house churches. Yes. And we got there and the vision the Lord had given us was incredibly exactly right on. Because the one thing Germans do not want to do is go to a church in a building. Yeah. There's churches in every village, Catholic church and a Protestant church in every village. And at least in our part of the country, you know, 67% of the people identify themselves as Catholic or Protestant, but they don't ever go to church. Right. And they don't want to go to church. So, Yes. And, and how would you compare the sort of German spiritual landscape to what it is here? I mean, I, I hear, and I think Nathan even mentioned that, and that's conventional wisdom to me is that what's happening in Europe, uh, and I don't know if you found that to be true, is maybe 20 years ahead or maybe 20 years more in a state of decline than we are spiritually. I mean, what do you think about the Germans? I'd like to say something about that. When we first went uh, going with that kind of knowledge ahead of time, what was really striking to me is how much they've retained Christianity in their culture. Interesting. But it's very, it's an empty kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. But um, for instance, our youngest was in a preschool the first year and she came home singing hallelujah hallelujah around christmas time and i'm thinking wow they're teaching them songs like this and our um they have nativities in the in the schools they mm. light advent calendar um, um advent wreaths mm-hmm. the candles mm-hmm. um through the weeks of advent so there's very much um the cultural recognition of christianity interesting But then when you hear what my children say they're taught in the religion classes or what the other teachers will say it is totally disjointed. There's no real... Um, it's just tradition. Yeah. There's no substance of relationship with mm-hmm. God, no um, recognition of reality of Jesus. Didn't your wow. kids say that the religion teacher in school didn't believe in God? One of, my, wow. one of our children came home a couple of years ago and said, you would think my religion teacher would at least believe in God. Wow. <laughs> and then more recently, um, her religion teacher said... Um, you have to be very careful how you read the Bible because most of it is just made up people's opinions and you have to be very careful because not very much of it is fact or or to Mm. be believed. Wow. So they've taken a twist on it so that we're left with 
97 and a half percent basically unsaved, yeah. un, unreached, unsaved people. Wow. Wow. And um, we haven't even asked you yet where you live. This will be interesting. We live in Worms, Germany, which is southwest, kind of south middle, uh, southwest Germany, which is uh, the city where Martin Luther took his stand and would not recant his writings. Wow. Are there, I think I've been told this, in, you've been there, right, mm-hmm. Dave? I've so been there, there twice. Yeah. Statues of Luther and, mm-hmm. and things. So um, I had mentioned to you before we went on, we had a, a family uh, not long ago that had popped into our church. Not sure where they stood spiritually. I, I thought they might be an unbelieving family. And um, I mentioned to them, they did not speak much English. And I, I had a quote in the sermon that day I knew was going to be from Luther. I said, oh, I've got a good German quote. And I could sort of tell at the end when I talked to them that I'm not sure they knew who Luther was. Uh, is that an experience you found? Or I imagine living in worms, I guess people do. Mm. In worms, they do. Yeah. And they teach it in the schools, too, whether you're Catholic or I'm sure there's plenty of Germans that don't know who he is. Yeah. But the other side of it is that there's a lot of Germans that think he's the enemy. Really? Oh, the Catholics. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Very, very interesting. It's um, fascinating to me that where you're, you're living. And uh, what was your take, Dave, being an outsider going in? Well, it was fascinating. The cathedral where he is reputed to have taken his stand yeah. uh, is a fabulous building to wow. tour and it's a great tourist attraction also the first isn't it the first protestant church in germany is in your it's town it's one it's like probably the second or third in southern uh-huh. germany yeah mm-hmm. and you have um these so it's pro- one of the first protestant yeah. churches in the world and right, right near that is these uh, this incredible jewish cemetery also yeah. so you, the yeah the oldest extant jewish cemetery in all of europe is right yeah. in that town wow it's very Interesting. Wow. Um, and just another curiosity for me and some of our listeners might might know. I've heard this on documentaries and stuff, but um, Hitler, you know, the whole Nazi rise war. How was that talked about, taught, discussed, if at all, in modern Germany? Well, it's uh, talked – it is an intentional subject. And as they're going through history class, dealing with that um, – and, you know, exposing them to Holocaust, those type of topics, trying to help the kids understand the history. And at the same time, in Germany, uh, Nazism is rising again and mm. anti-Semitism Semitism is rising again, um, especially in northern Germany, northeastern Germany. But, wow. I'm curious whether you, both of you could share one or two short vignettes of positive, encouraging things that have happened through your ministry mm-hmm. following your philosophy of evangelism small groups all that kind of thing can mm-hmm. you tell us a couple things one thing was really interesting one of our daughters um what <coughs> had the same class teacher the homeroom teacher for two years and we could tell from the beginning he was really interested in us he couldn't understand how this girl could come in as a fifth grader and learn German without mm. German at least one of us being a German parent so he was watching us very closely And towards the end of her fifth grade year and into the beginning of her next year, he started doing things where he would still be very professional, but we could tell he was trying to form a little bit more of a relationship with us. Interesting. And during that second year that she taught, that he taught her, he remarked that he would like to have Thanksgiving in our home when he wasn't her teacher anymore. Wow. And so, you know, we're thinking, okay. And 
the summer after he had taught her for two years, we happened to go to the same church one day and he started calling us by our first name, which also in Germany, there's a very, you say a formal you, when you're speaking with people, you don't know, you don't use the first name in that situation. So now he's calling us very informally by our first name. Wow. So he, in his hands shifted it to, um, you know, a very informal relationship. Yes. And he started hanging out at our home regularly hmm. and hanging out with Joe and just coming for co- coffee, dropping in sometimes with his wife, very often with his young son. And we saw him come to Christ during that time. Wow. Um, he was raised in Eastern Germany with no, uh, under communism. Yeah. And, um, it was a really wonderful thing to see. That's cool. Yeah. That's I, awesome. I would, to take a spin on your topic, Dave, yeah, there have been some great things that have gone on, but uh, the angle I would take on it is so much of what you think and hope and pray will happen doesn't happen, hasn't happened. Hmm. Um, you, you know, you go to another culture, you definitely, we definitely have to be in the position of, okay, God, you know, we're not here as the lead, as the knowledgeable person coming in, how to do it. We get to learn here. Mm-hmm. We really have to learn here. We've been in Germany almost nine years. Americans say, oh, man, you've been in Germany nine years mm-hmm. already? And the German's perspective is, oh, you've only been here nine years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. And uh, it takes Germans a long time. You know, I've heard other missionaries say, Missions in Germany is a decades-long process. Wow. Don't even begin to think that you're going to be able to come in and have big splash uh, success. Yeah. And, you know, the, the recidivism rate for uh, missionaries coming into Germany is less than two years. Wow. They come, they try, they fail, they try again, and they give up and they leave. Wow. And Germans have seen that over and over and over, especially in the big cities. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing that, that I would say is um, we have to be able to come to zero, come to a zero place, mm-hmm. say, okay, God, take my mind, take my eyes back to the scripture. Mm-hmm. Show me what it is I need to do. And we have to learn and apply that into the culture and begin to try to reach the people in a way that we can reach those people. Yeah. Um, and the ways that we learned in America aren't those ways. Yeah. We have to learn those ways, and it takes time to do that. Yeah. Great word, Joe. As you, as you both engage people uh, relationally and obviously with a view to uh, sharing Christ with them in, in time, and I love the, the long-haul view you have. I, neither of you impressed me as sort of a it's crass, but we've heard this phrase, Dave, the tag them and bag them, mm-hmm. you know, missionary. Yeah. Um, no. you know, sort of the, hey, let's be, uh, you know, uh, let me do a quick survey with you that has nothing to do with anything other than me asking you a spiritual question. And yeah. uh, it's obvious to me you two uh, have a thought to embed yourselves, be part of the culture. Um, does it, is it a help or a hindrance or both when people know that you're, you're an American in, in engaging people spiritually? Both. Uh-huh. With some people, it's positive. Others, not. I think overall we've been looked on favorably mm-hmm. and I don't think that's hindered us. Yes. But at the same time, like Joe hinted at, um, they're looking at us. Are, do they have what it takes to stay? We were greeted at the very beginning by uh, one of our kids' teachers. They, she asked how long we hope to be in Germany. And we said, you know, we hope to be here long term. And she said, we'll see about that. Wow. Literally, we'll see about that. Wow. And we, 
have either heard that from people or we just experience that from their attitudes. They're standing back watching. First, are we a cult because we're not, a, you know, either of the state churches? Yes. Or are they going to, you know, just, is this too hard for them? Are their children going to make it? And they're watching us, watching us. Wow. Yeah, I yeah. would say the American thing for the Germans initially is a very positive thing because all Germans want to speak English and they love, I'm not going to say every German, but in general, they they really are attracted to America, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. Uh, as far as being in ministry, there's a substantial hurdle you have to get over in the beginning mm -hmm. because they're like, they know the televangelist stuff. Sure. And sure. they're like, oh, so that's what you're wanting to come here and do. And they're like, Germans couldn't be further from that. Wow. I mean, absolutely. They're not going to even come close to that. Right. And, and they are looking at you like, if that's what you are. Yeah. You can just totally forget having anything to do with me. Right. And once they get past that and you begin, they begin to see, you know, our family, our kids, our love for them, yeah. that we're staying there. Then we begin to have more of an ear with people. Interesting. Yeah. In other words, you don't want to go in with a slick back hair and a double-breasted purple suit. You can forget mm -hmm. it. Yeah. <laughs> Weren't you telling me that your kids come home and say the negative things that teachers in the school say about America mm -hmm. or that are just based on misconceptions in a lot of cases? Regularly, yeah. yeah. No matter what class. And especially uh, our kids mm. are sitting there in class and the teachers will stand up there and rant about America. Interesting. Political and, or faith or our um, naivete. or yeah. And it's a lot their assumptions and their ideas that are off base. They really don't know what they're talking about, but they're experts, you know? Right. So. Well, I just love the picture, Joe, when, uh, Tammy, you mentioned the uh, teacher. Uh, that you engaged and uh, just just really spent a lot of time with at your house at Thanksgiving. Just love the thought, Joe, of you, this Southern guy in the mm -hmm. U.S. hanging out with this. It's just awesome. This it guy is. who grew up in East Germany. It was great. It's. I'm kind of a people person. Yeah. You know, I don't mean an, I don't I, I don't meet a stranger, and um, the Germans like that. You know, yeah. that's part of it. God didn't send another German there. He sent me, Southern American. Yeah. And I'm not supposed to abandon who I am. And so I just am free to bring that, and it, yeah. and it works well. Wow, wow. So, um, so I imagine American pop culture big over there, music, movies. Yes. and Oh, yeah. Yeah. Does that make your kids ever sort of, uh, to the, their German friends, American experts? Yeah. Do, do they get that? Definitely I'm an English class. Yes, I bet. <laughs> I bet. That's interesting, you know. Of course, mm. you're, um, you know, they've been there a while now. So it's uh, not, but that's um, uh, interesting. I asked uh, their son, Chris, who's 19. I said, uh, do you have any Christian friends in school or, you know, that you spend much time with in Germany? He says, none. Yeah. There are none. Now wow. he's, he's started to attend a, a, a kind of a young, whatever you call it. Young college. people's group, young people's mm -hmm. group church. in, a, in yeah. another church. Okay. But in terms of, he goes away to school. Every day, rides a bus, rides a train, and he's with these people studying, and uh, he knows no Christians there. Wow. At all. Wow. And they're mostly atheists, There's many of them. a mixture, many yeah. of them, but yeah. not... And many of them think that... More you know, agnostic. Can't answer. understand why. You know, they just can't, can't believe he would even believe the things he... Yeah, the, wow. the, the culture... I think one of the main things that I could say that would give you a sense immediately about the culture... Um, you know, in America, at least in the South, I don't, to be honest, I don't know so much about the North, Northeast, but 
everybody you meet is already a Christian. Yeah. You know, and because so many of them have had some contact somewhere in their life. Sure. And they still think they're a Christian or they think they became a Christian. They're not, you know, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in Germany, um, it's been generations since there were Christians. Wow. Generations, you know, so the people there don't know, haven't known, haven't seen a Christian, haven't seen a person become a Christian. Yeah. Totally secular. And this is the big thing. Um, there are ways that God communicates with people. Yeah. And there are two primary ways of revelation. There's just scripture and natural revelation. They've rejected both of them. Yeah. yeah. You know, you cannot use scripture directly to come to a German and convince him and say, oh, well, that's the Bible I need to listen. Right. You know, they, they reject the Bible. The yeah. Bible is, they call it fairy tales. Yeah. And, and worse than that, they would say, no, it's, it's these evil religious people who want to manipulate people who wrote the Bible. Hmm. You know, to manipulate their lives and to get what they want out of them. And we hate that. Wow. And then the other part is, is natural revelation, which is an awesome and powerful means of revelation yeah. that we should not abandon. Right. But everything is natural and evolution to them. Interesting. So they don't see God in either place. So that gives us a very unique problem to being able to reach the Germans. Yes. Yeah. And why you're there for the long haul up. I don't know if this is putting you on the spot. Is your thought, as far as you know, you're going to be there for oh, yeah. a long time? Lifelong. Wow. And that's a challenge. Their their oldest daughter came back and went to Liberty and got her oh, deg sure. degree in nursing. Oh, and yeah. And is now married and is going to be here. Yeah. The next two, uh, their oldest son is in Germany studying. He'll be there for a while, but maybe mm -hmm. eventually Three, he'll come back to the States. No. Okay. No, he doesn't plan on that. He okay. plans on going Asia, Africa. Oh, that's right. Interesting. Okay. And wow. then they got two daughters right now, 14 and 16, who plan to come back to the States. Okay. To college. Go, to go to college, but then one's headed to South America. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> but, but, you know, so then eventually they're going to be left in Germany if they, they're really yeah. for the long haul and their kids are going to be all over the world. Right. Yeah. Right. That's good. Cause my first thought, it just made sense that, you know, Tammy would want to get as far away uh, from her brother as she well, could to, to, to go to Germany. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But there's some, there's some, I think there's some missions. Well, she has four too. brothers. It's not just me. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I would stay for days. Right. <laughs> We're going to send this to all your brothers. Yeah. Right. See what, see what they have yeah. to, uh, see what they have to say. Um, how are we on time, Nathan? I know we're about to wrap up, but I did. Yeah, we still have a few more minutes. If there yeah. were some other thoughts or comments. Yeah. I, I was curious. Um, so you mentioned the state church, the, uh, the state of the, the evangelical church there, because you'd mentioned the state church. What, what is it like and how does it compare to uh, the state of the evangelical church here as far as you can tell? Totally different. Wow. It's um, the, the evangelical church there is the, the mainline Protestant church where the pastors are not believers and their churches are basically. Wait, he's asking about the evangelical church. Oh, okay. The really, the really you were more talking about church. Protestant Protestant, you know, okay. okay. So you're talking about the real evangelical church? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the free evangelical church there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm not wanting to uh, to speak negative about anything, but the, the free evangelical church predominantly is in very traditional forms there mm -hmm. and is not succeeding. Wow. Uh, they are real believers. Yeah, sure. They really love the Lord and... Um, well, I hope they don't hear me saying this. <laughs> they, we've been to a number of their churches. They are hard to sit through. Wow. Very, it's not going to attract Germans the way yeah. they are. And, you know, for the last uh, two generations since World War II, they have 
been working at church planning mm-hmm. and you know multiplying churches and Germany's getting worse. Wow. So Wow, just see them having a hard time making inroads. Yeah. Maybe we can say culture. this is like the breakout generation. Yeah. They they're trying to shift away from the old dead stuff, mm-hmm. but it's not quite there yet. I see. But there, I see. Are, there are also non the churches that aren't part of that group, like uh, say a Calvary Chapel church plan. Or mm-hmm. Okay. That's separate. These, and there's those kinds of things, right? That's what there we're talking about. Oh, talking in the, about mm-hmm. okay. There yeah. are some several Calvary chapels. Mm-hmm. Um, Things like that. Some yeah. Things like mm-hmm. that. yeah. There yeah. are some things that are different than that. Interesting. So the um, it's almost, well, I mean, we say that here. Dave, we've talked about that in some casual mm-hmm. conversation. How much impact is uh, the current evangelical church in America making? And that's mm-hmm. a huge discussion. And it varies. But uh, I always feel like uh, uh, we're just notoriously behind the times mm-hmm. and maybe addressing issues that would have been mm-hmm. more prevalent 30 years yeah. ago. Um, with fresh passion, mm-hmm. it would have been great. Yeah, thirty years ago. And if Joe and Tammy had been sent to Papua New Guinea, yeah, it'd be culturally crystal clear what you got to do. Right. But you've gone to a Western comp- country, which makes it the waters are a little bit more murky mm-hmm. because people think, "Oh, it's just like America; they just speak a different language." And in reality, you're crossing cultural barriers, not just to be in Germany, but mm-hmm. also to reach Germans who have a, a bias against the church. To mm-hmm. begin with. Oh yeah, definitely. Wow. One of the most powerful um, stories about that is neighbors that we had a really great neighborly relationship with, and they were inviting us to dinner, and the question was, oh, we want to hear more about your work in Germany. And it was all very friendly up to that point, but when that topic came up at the dinner table, um, and I think the mention of the Bible was at that time, it's either the Bible or (laughs) Jesus, there was a total shift, and we were loaded by, I discovered when I was 13 that the Bible is this and this and this, and I haven't had any faith since then. Pretty angry. Angry. Wow. Is people in North Carolina? No, this is in Germany. No, oh, in Germany. Germany. Oh, I'm sorry, I lost my Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. it became clear to us that some of these are real hot issues, um, speaking mm. about Jesus, speaking about the Bible, mm. um, that they decided, you know, not relevant. Wow. Wow. Um, thank you guys for, I mean, that's just fantastic what you've shared. And David mentioned at one of our breaks, perhaps sometime in the future, I'm putting your kids on the spot, but we've talked about doing some podcasts with pastor's kids, not my own because, uh, I don't want to lose my job, but the, uh, <laughs> you know, some, some of, well, we've talked about having your son, Mike on Dave, cause mm-hmm. I really want to hear his perspective on growing up, <laughs> growing up shy, uh, will be interesting. Uh, I've already heard some, but no, no, I, I know Mike thinks the world of him. I'd love to hear his thoughts. And, uh, Nathan and I were just talking, maybe having missionary kids talk mm-hmm. about, you know, what is it? Because there are so many, um, you know, fears and maybe some are stereotypes. Some might be earned. You hear about the MKs and the PKs and what life can Mm -hmm. be like. And I'm sure there's some truth in those things, but uh, it sounds to me and Dave, you're speaking quite highly. Your kids really just quite adjusted, um, feeling very comfortable where they are. uh, And it's, I'd love to. And they're having strong, strong personal relationships with the Lord. Yeah. Amen. And yeah. you might need to do two podcasts on that because they're not the norm. I've, I've met sure. lots of missionary kids as you have. Yeah. And their kids are healthy emotionally, spiritually in yeah. every way. And, uh, but really there's also looking. some who are not. Sure. 
And sure. you might, and so you don't want to skew everybody's thinking that all missionary kids are like the Thomas kids. Yeah. You know? yeah. Oh no, no. That's although we wish they all were. Sure. Well, we, um, uh, I mean, I know my wife is a Liberty grad nursing major oh, there. Really? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I scooped her up before I lost my hair. I knew I had a good thing. She wasn't thinking clearly. She wasn't. I'm, I'm so glad she wasn't there because she's so committed to covenant marriage. She's stuck. That's what yeah. I always tell her. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, we, I was down there in the early nineties and, um, uh, Lisa said it varied. Uh, that was her take that there were, you know, in a big enough school like Liberty Christian mm-hmm. school, you can kind of find kids that are, you have a genuine walk with the Lord that, that really are, sure. want to have real relationships and gone. And then you find some pockets of missionary kids, maybe pastors, kids that are there cause they kind of have to be there and they're more jaded. They're more frustrated. It's just, just like the church, you have these pockets of people, and I think uh, that might be a good topic, Dave. Bad stories, good stories. <laughs> what can we learn yeah, uh, sure. about uh, methods and uh, that sort of thing? So, um, thank you. And we also um, we want to make sure that people know that um, being missionaries, you do need support. And I know you guys are reluctant to talk about this, so we are going to do that for you on yes. your behalf. We're not reluctant. That's right. And we're not reluctant to say, Nathan and I want my- – oh, wait, is that wrong? Did you not want to say that? <laughs> well, that- I'll say it. Yeah, yeah. They want support, too. <laughs> is that self-serving? Um, so no. we are actually going to um, – when we finish, as always, we hyperlink um, your email addresses and things like that. We're also going to hyperlink y'all's website. Um, which to is the page. old and needs to be redone. So bear with us. No, that's fine. That's yeah, fine. that's not a problem. However, on the website um, is a, a link to donate. Um, and so we want people to realize that, um, you know, y- you need money, you need support and help and, um, you know, prayer and financially, you know, I think sometimes people are like, Oh, well I can pray. That's great. But they also need money to stay there um, and to continue the work that God is doing over there. Um, through them. So please um, make sure that as you're listening, you go on to their website and, uh, you know, donate prayers. That's great. But also donate financially to them as well. See how Nathan's not afraid to say it. No, not at all. It's always, I love talking about that. It's sort of like my dream guys is to be, I had to preach on first Peter five this week, you know, elders. And I thought, man, if I preach that in a different church as a visiting guest, I would have preached it differently. Sure. You know, Mm -hmm. you you feel that, but there's no way to do it without sounding self-serving in your own church. Yeah. So, uh, I think, but we all know, Nathan, it's your point that missionaries need support. That's sort of a ABC 101 concept. And you guys did not, I just want to say this was a a very last minute blessing to us because we had a different plan for today. Some things changed. I thought we'd be talking to Dave about, uh, birth control and owning (laughs) passage and all that stuff. We ended up. A little bit on uh, size of family, but uh, even more so on um, uh, Joe and Tammy's ministry in Germany and life in Germany. Thank you so much. We really enjoyed being here. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. You bet. A lot of fun. So we're going to go ahead and sign off. Greg, we all just rocked the Casper. German style. These go to 11.